Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your great love and your many blessings. As we spend a few moments in your word, I pray that you'll bless us to hear from your scripture today. In your name we pray, amen. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Titus chapter 3, beginning in verse 3. It's in the New Testament, the T brothers, Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus chapter 3, beginning in verse 3. It says, for we also once were foolish, ourselves disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us not on the basis of deeds or good works, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I want to talk to you today about service and works and good deeds. And the best place to start when talking about service and good works and and good deeds is the gospel. Because the gospel, the good news of salvation, teaches us that service and works and, and good deeds do not save us. Do we hear that? Service and works and good deeds do not save us. They are of no value unto our salvation. The Bible says that he, God, saved us not on the basis of our deeds, not on the basis of our good works, not on the basis of our service. God saved us according to his mercy, what's inside of him. He saved us by the washing and the, the, the renewing and the regeneration, the power of the Holy Spirit. It was a gift that was poured out richly, which means it was given abundantly and, and freely with great generosity upon humanity through Jesus Christ. And then the good news tells us that, that not by our service, not by our works, not by our good deeds, but by being justified, by being made right by our Savior Jesus Christ, by grace, because of this, we receive an inheritance as heirs to the kingdom of God. What a, what a contrast here. Paul, in writing, uh, in writing the book of Titus, starts off with, we were once foolish and disobedient and deceived and, and enslaved and, and, and to various lusts and pleasure. We were full of malice and envy. It doesn't sound like a description of a people that then would be called heirs to the kingdom of God. But because of God's mercy and God's grace, we are truly that. I want us to soak all that in for a moment. Because a conversation on serving must begin with a reminder that your service, while we're grateful for all of it, your service adds nothing unto your salvation. You and I cannot earn or work our way into heaven. Verse 8 in Titus chapter 3 says this. This is a trustworthy statement, and concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently. What is Paul talking about here? Paul is talking about just the statements that were previously made, the statements that, that, that we are saved by the grace, by the, by the mercy of God, that we are justified by Jesus Christ, by his work, 
and his work alone. Paul is saying this is a trustworthy statement and I want you to speak confidently about this. Man, I think that so many more of us Christians need to speak confidently about the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. I don't know if it's part of our heritage or, or our tradition or whatever it may be, but, but I find I've only been a part of a, uh, of a community of faith within the Adventist context, but I'm sure it expands even beyond that. But I find within our Adventist context, so often when you talk to people and you ask them, are you good with Jesus or where are you at with Jesus? Well, you know, I, I hope I am, Pastor. You know, I would, we try to live every day faithful and I hope that when he comes, you know, I'm ready. And it just doesn't sound very confident. It doesn't sound like we're speaking confidently. Are, are, you, are, are you saved by, by Jesus? Well, you know, I really hope that you know, I'm ready, I just try to do my best, and, and I hope I'm, I mean, you guys have heard this type of talk, you probably even said this type of talk. It's so funny that we as Christians, with, with the, the very thing that we should be most confident in, speak so unconfidently. Man, we would hate this if we went into any other area of life. If you went to your doctor and you said, you know, doc, are you really sure about this? Before you cut me open, I really want to know, are you sure about, well, you know, I, I hope so. I mean, once we get in there, we'll, you know, I, I hope, when, I hope when it comes down to things, we'll, 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 we'll be all good. And, you know, I just am trusting that, that we'll be good once we get there. Or, you know, if you're investing some money somewhere and you went to your, your broker and you invest that money, you say, you know, I've, I've invested a lot of money into this stock. You know, I want, I want a safe stock. I've invested a lot of money into this. How do you feel about it? Well, you know, um, I, I, I hope, you know, I hope that I've done a good job and I hope that I've done a good job. And if not, you know, I just, I don't know what I'll do. Man, we would fire those people immediately, and we got a bunch of Christians and Adventists walking around like that. Well, you know, I hope I'll be okay. We need to speak confidently about the fact that we are saved by the blood of Jesus. Amen? And one of the ways we show that confidence is not just by our words, but the Bible continues on in verse 8. So that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds these things are good and profitable for men. What Paul is saying here is it's not just with our words we speak confidently, but we also speak confidently that we have the assurance of salvation by the works and the good deeds and the service that we do. Did you hear that? We, have a sh we, we speak confidently, not just with our words, but by the good deeds that we do. Salvation is free, and one of the evidences, this is what Paul is writing here, salvation is free, and one of the evidences that you have accepted that free gift is service, good deeds, and good works. Service, good deeds, and good works. Remember, service, and good deeds, and good works are not what give you salvation. Service, and good deeds, and good works are one of the evidences that you understand the wonderful gift that God has given to you. To quote Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher of yesteryear, to the sinner that he may be saved, we say not a word concerning good works, except to remind him that he has none of them. We don't go to the sinner and say, hey, well, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, before you can be saved by Jesus. No, we say, come as you are. Come as you are. There's no work that you can do to improve the love of Jesus. There's no work that you can do that can improve the, the sacrifice of Jesus. There's no work that you can do that will make Jesus want you more. So the sinner that is struggling, we tell him that. We tell her that. But to the believer, Charles Spurgeon says, who is saved, 
we then say 10,000 words concerning good works, beseeching them to bring forth much fruit that they may be Christ's disciples. Brothers and sisters, I say this with love, but I believe with the full authority of Scripture. If we are not engaged, if we are not engaged in some form of good service unto the Lord, then we are not giving evidence that we truly understand the free gift of salvation. Turn real quick to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. I want every one of us to see this text. It's what Pastor Jason just read a moment ago. If you have a Bible with you, maybe you want to underline this passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. Paul writes here, Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves, or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test. I'm asking us today, I'm asking us today as individuals, each one of us, to examine ourselves, to test ourselves, to see if Jesus is truly in us. And Paul in the book of Titus seems to suggest that one of the ways we will know, one of the evidences that we will know if Jesus is truly in us as we examine ourselves is our good works. Not saved by good works, not saved by good deeds, not saved by good service, but we have evidence that we have been saved. We have evidence that we've been saved apart from good works. We have evidence that we've been saved apart from good deeds. We have evidence that we've been saved apart from, from service by our service, works, and deeds. Seems a little bit like a contradiction, but it's actually fact. I found that those who understand best the salvation of Jesus Christ are often those most committed, not often, are always those most committed to serving Jesus Christ. He saved us not on the basis of our deeds or good works which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life, so that those who have believed God, believe what from God? Believe that they are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, so that those who have believed God, that he, is, that he has justified us through his son, Jesus Christ, so that those who have believed God, that because of his rich mercy, we have eternal life, because those that believe God, that we are heirs to the kingdom of God, that we will be careful to engage in good deeds, Paul says. Those that believe they are saved by grace and not by works are the hardest workers for Jesus Christ. But Paul doesn't just say it here. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Paul says it in another place. He says this, and this is a passage probably many of you know. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that what? So that no man can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. By grace means that equals salvation, not of ourselves. It is a gift. We can't boast that we've done anything to earn it. Therefore, we should live out the lives we were created to live, which Paul says is to do good works, to do good deeds. Isn't that amazing that, that we're saved 
not by any work of our own, so that we can live out the lives that we were meant to live, which was, were lives of good works unto the Lord. Good works unto the Lord. That's what each one of us were created for. But it's not just Paul that writes about these things. It's also in Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. This is still one of those passages that amazes me. When I think about my own life and my own struggles and my, my own setbacks, when I think about the sinfulness of, of, of many, many years of my life and my continued struggles even up to this point in time, it amazes me that, that the Bible speaks of me, a believer in Jesus Christ, in this way. But you are a chosen race, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy people, a, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. What a title for each and every one of us. I don't want you to dwell on your sins, but just for a moment. Just for a moment. Is there anybody else calling you holy and royal and magnificent? What a God we serve. The one who knows the most about us. The one who knows the deepest parts of our lives and the heirs that we hope no one else ever finds out about. When we say, Jesus, I'm all yours, he calls us a royal priesthood. He calls us holy. Amazing. A people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people. Here Peter acknowledges, for you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We are a royal priesthood, set apart to proclaim the excellencies of God. And how do we do this? How do we proclaim the excellencies how do we proclaim the excellencies of, of the marvelous God that has given us such a marvelous gift? In part, we do this through what it says in verse 12. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that, it, that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, your good works, your good service, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. He says, you're a royal priesthood. You're set apart to proclaim the excellencies. How do you do this? Well, when they're slandering you by what you believe and by what you say, you may be able to convince them by what you do with your life. Isn't that amazing? You may be proclaiming things with your mouth, and they say, what nonsense. But then they'll look at your good deeds. They'll look at your good works. They'll look at your good service, and they'll say, now I believe. Now I believe. God calls us to this service, but not as a way unto salvation, but as a response to what he has done for us. A response to what he has done for us. Paul and Peter tell us this, and it's throughout the scriptures. Throughout the scriptures, time and time and time again, the idea that our service is not for our salvation, but our service is a response, a response to the free gift that Jesus has given us. As I said before, sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, those who work hardest for the Lord are those who understand most deeply the gift that God has given them. 
The other morning I woke up with Landon, my four-year-old, yelling. My four-year-old is my loudest. Um, I've discovered that all of my kids are quite loud, but uh, my four, I blame it on Christina, but no one believes me. Uh, Christina doesn't even believe me. Um, but my four-year-old is my loudest. Levi's trying to catch up with him now, but my four-year-old Landon, he's my shyest, but he's also my, my, my most loud child. We, 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 he has no whisper voice, and so uh, if you come to first service, you'll, you'll uh, hear them, and, and even if you hear Christina saying, shh, don't whisper, he'll say, okay, mommy, I'll whisper, um, but Landon is, is my loudest, and so he woke, I woke up the other morning with my son Landon running through our room yelling in his most excited voice, daddy, daddy, I'm doing the trashes for mommy, and she didn't even ask me. He was beaming. He was so excited that he was doing this work for his mom without even being asked. Why was he excited to serve her in that way? Because he loves her. And he decided to wake me up in the process and tell me about it. I don't think trashes need to go out at 6.15. I just don't. On Sunday morning. They just don't. He was so excited though. He was so excited about this. He was doing service unto love. Let us end where we started. For we also once were foolish, ourselves disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us not on the basis of deeds or good works which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I pray that we will grasp the depth and the meaning of that passage to such an extent that we will be a people that will be running through our church, running through our community, running through our neighborhoods, saying, I'm serving Jesus. And he didn't even have to ask. It's just because I love him. Folks, I want to invite you to take out your connection card at this time, and we want to respond to this today. On the back of your connection card there, my commitment today, I choose to serve Jesus through my good service in response to his free gift of salvation. I pray that we will be a confident people in the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. And not just that we will say that we're confident, but we'll show our confidence by the way in which we serve and work for the Lord. I wanna serve Jesus through this local church. Maybe you're already serving. I'm already serving in and you can write that down and we wanna pray for you and we wanna thank you for your service. Maybe you're serving in some other way outside in the community, that's fine. Tell us about that too. I'd love to pray for you and be able to pray for you and what you're doing out there. I would like to serve, I'm interested in. We just went through a nominating committee. You saw all the people that are serving this church. One of our goals, we want everybody 
consistent in prayer. We want everybody consistent in Bible study, and we want everybody in our church family consistent in serving the Lord. Not just for the health of the church, not just for the well-being of the church, but more importantly, for our own health and our own well-being, and as we acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Savior. I would like to serve. I'm interested in serving. Even though nominating committees passed, we still will get you involved. And then I have two suggestions there for you. I would like to serve as a His Team member. If you want to join these 296 people and be one of those four to 300 or maybe another 50 would be great as well. Whatever it is, we'll take you. I think Merle just uh, got, 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 a, got a little sick when I said another 50. Uh, we can create another team, Merle. It would be a great, a great thing. Or another area is I would like to serve in our children's ministry department. We'd love for people to serve in those areas. We'd love for you to serve in any area, but we love those areas particularly. We need help. But we want to be a people that are a people of service, not out of guilt, not out of compulsion, not because the pastor told us. We want to be a people of service because we are confident in this, that Jesus Christ died for us. His blood covers our sins, and he's coming back to take us home very soon. And in response to that, we shout and run confidently, I'm serving Jesus. I'm serving Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your amazing service unto us, a service that is so undeserved, a service that we didn't even know we wanted until you showed it to us by your life and your death, and your resurrection. We thank you, Jesus, for your continued service in the kingdom of heaven as our intercessor. And we pray, Jesus, I pray, Jesus, that our hearts will grasp the depth of love you have for us, and that we will respond confidently with word and with deed. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.